Good evening. Biblical discipleship. It's on us. It's our turn. We have to make sacrifices, follow Christ, and share the gospel. Our scripture text for this evening is Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Now, earlier in chapter 9, the disciples, it seems to me, walked into a huge promotion. Imagine like you're working at this like big company and you're walking around and one day you get to meet the boss and then the boss takes you around and shows you the ropes. And sometimes, you know, you may be in the building working late and the boss is gone. So you may sneak up a couple of floors. If you have access, you might go into his office, sit in his chair, spin around a little bit just to get a feel of what it's like to be the head honcho. Where Jesus invites his disciples in and says, guess what? You all are getting a promotion. If you go out and proclaim the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to give you all the power and all the authority to heal the sick, cure diseases, and cast out demons. Like, what? One day I was regular. Now I got power to cure diseases, heal the sick, cast out demons. But sometimes, if we, as we know, promotions aren't what they all cracked up to be. Because immediately after that, he tells them, okay, now it's time to get to work. No food, no extra money, no extra clothes. Just go. It's like, where's the perks at, Jesus? You're going to give us all this power? No perks? I probably would have been fired after the first day if I was a disciple. I would have been okay with, you know, curing the sick and healing the sick and curing diseases. But when it came to like cast out demons, I would have been like, Peter or John, since you're the disciple, the one you always talk about, he loves you so much, I'm going to need you to cast out the demons. <laughs> but they went out and they came back. Now, I've watched like, hospital shows in the past, like, uh, I think it was called ER. And just watching how, like, nurses and doctors, what they have to do to perform, to uh, save lives. And this is just TV. So imagine having to go out and save lives, like, right then and there, it's got to be kind of tiring. It's got to be kind of exhausting. But they did that, and then they came back. 
And Jesus must have saw from the accounts of the Gospels that they were kind of tired. So he said, you know what? Let's duck off someplace. Let's, the place is called Bethsaida. Let's go to Bethsaida where we can just kind of get away from it all. Because I can see you all have been working hard, discipling, spreading the truth, and saving lives. Well, I mean, at this point, they like rock stars now, right? You're traveling, you're healing people, you're casting out demons. So word got around of where they were going. And then the crowd showed up. And the disciples was like, oh, Jesus, we're tired. We're hungry. Tell these people to go away. This is supposed to be, we need some me time right now. You know what you just had us do? The disciples said, go tell them to go into the village and get something to eat. And then Jesus said something very interesting to me. He said, you get them something to eat. Jesus calls on us to get his word out. Challenging, tiring, whatever it may be, Jesus calls on you and I to disciple and get his message out to the world. So at the end of a long day, I like to play this game with my wife and we, we never even discuss the rules of the game. But it's sort of like when you marry, you kind of know what each other's thinking. So it's like one of these games. And the game goes like this. Whoever gets into the bid first, the last one standing has the responsibility of the children. We never discussed the rules or anything. It's just that we came up with this game. I'm pretty sure she is participating and she actively plans. I know I do every night. <laughs> um, most of the time, uh, she wins the game, but sometimes I win. But it's never like I win. Because you see, when I do something very well, she says, Ron, look what we were able to do. <laughs> and when she makes a mistake or does something wrong, she says, Ron, look what you made me do. <laughs> so I'm in the bed first, I think I've won. And then she comes into the room. She gets comfortable and she says, Ron, I need you to go check on the kids and turn off the light when you're done. I'm like, what? I won. I'm here, I was here first. I'm comfortable. 
Our bedroom is not very big. Our house is not that big at all. So to do these things is not much to me. But I'm comfortable. I'm in my PJs. I'm ready to go to sleep. I don't want to even do something as small as getting the kids to brush their teeth and turn off the lights. So I do what I was taught. I, ha I have the kids fend for themselves, and then I tell them to come in my room and turn off the light for me. I mean, that's why we have kids, right? We all knew at one point we were going to get lazy. We were going to get so lazy that we won't even want to turn off our bedroom lights. And I think to myself, like, where's this clapper invention when you need one? Then I'm like, oh, I got three clappers. <laughs> Discipling, sharing God's word is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be in a spot that you aren't going to want to leave. But Jesus is asking us to make that sacrifice and do that. Sometimes you're going to have to travel to unknown places. You're going to have to meet and interact with people who don't look like you or act like you. The work of a disciple is challenging and tiring. But Jesus is calling on us to spread the truth about him. That's the work of a disciple. Pastor Hines shared with you the cost. And I'm going to read it again from Luke 14. If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And, who does not, and whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. A lot of work, not a lot of perks. This is what you want me to do? But then, yeah, I accept. I say, yes, I think I'm up to the task. Then you get out here, but have you planned? And what are you actually doing? Because you know, if you walk it around here, saying, hey, I'm a Christian. This is the great church I go to. You're rocking your Christian shirt, but you're not sharing God's message at every opportunity you get. Are you a Christian? What are you then? He's calling on us. It's, it's our turn to contribute. What do I mean by our, our turn? Back in 1988, maybe 87, I was a second grader. And I really liked my bus driver. The reason why I liked my bus driver, I thought I liked, well, I did like my bus driver. Let me take that back. But the reason why I liked my bus driver, because she played a song every day. 
Now, I was just a kid, but I thought she was doing it just for me. It turns out it was this invention called the radio, and they play the same songs like the same time every day. But the song that she would play that I fell in love with was Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. I heard that song and I was amped up as a second grader. And I'd like to read to you the lyrics of the chorus. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Biblical discipleship starts with us. We have to examine ourselves first. And we have to do this daily. We have to take a good look in the mirror, see ourselves, see what we are, and see what we are not. And not just look at ourselves, but see the reflection, everything in the background. Then take a step back and then look at all the surroundings. We have to do this daily if we're going to grow in faith and then be able to minister to others. In doing the staff devotion uh, a couple of weeks ago for St. Marcus, I came across uh, what I believe is a very good definition of to disciple. To make followers of Jesus by sharing his gospel message and to teach and train for obedience to Christ and transformation in Christ. Well, to do all that stuff, you got to get yourself right first, right? A disciple is a believer who follows Christ and then offers his own imitation of Christ as a model for others to follow. Now, I have an occupation that uh, in the job description, I think it was in the job description, it says, yeah, you have to share the word of God. But if it's not in your job description, how are you making plans to do that? Are you making plans to do that? Because God is asking us to share the message about his kingdom. Daily. Are you making these plans wherever you go and whoever you encounter to get the word out about God daily? It's our turn. We play not a large role, but we play a role. Do I have any uh, cheapskates in the house? Okay, I'll define cheapskate, then maybe you'll be better equipped to answer my question. A cheapskate is someone who does weird things to save money. Okay, let me open up to you and tell you what I do, and this may help you. So say 
if you have a remote control, and sometimes the remote control is starting to go bad, it's not working properly. I'm opening up here. What I do when this happens, I take one battery out and change it. Instead of taking two batteries out to change it. Now I do have a whole pack of batteries, but I'm a cheapskate. So I only change one battery. Do I have any cheapskates with me tonight? Thank you, thank you. Cheapskates, welcome and thank you here and online for joining us this evening. I was getting a little bit embarrassed for a minute here. You and I in relationships though, because we have been given the spirit, is like that battery. Because once we connect with someone, the relationship is not gonna work at its best because at that point, only one of us recognizes and accepts the spirit that God has given us. But the relationship will work at its fullest once God decides to change the other battery and fill the other person up with the spirit. But it starts with us. We got to get plugged in. We have to share the truths about our Savior. In Matthew 9:37, it says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." And at first glance, at first listen, I say, "Yeah, I get that. There's a lot of work to be done out here. We got to make sure that we're working to share his message. But then I think to myself, well, Lord, you made all these people and you didn't make enough workers? Or is it that some of us just don't want to do the work? That some of us are in a place where we're too comfortable to go out and share his message. The view of heaven I read is probably spectacular beyond my imagination. So I'm just gonna call it spectacular times one million. The view from heaven as our Lord looks down, I can't quite, I don't know what his perception is, but in living of this world, I'm living in this world, I know it's not spectacular times one million. Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father, probably the most comfortable place that anyone could ever imagine. But he left his comfort 
when he looked down and he seen a broken world. To live a sinless life is beyond challenging. It's humanly impossible. And to carry everyone's sins on your shoulder is beyond exhausting. But when Jesus looked down and seen his children hurting, he had compassion. And he didn't send angels anywhere. God came himself to save us. He denied himself and gave himself up for us so we can spend eternity with him. And then he asked us in Matthew 28 to go out and make disciples the Great Commission. How are you and how are and how are we going to prepare to make sacrifices daily and carry our, and bear our cross and follow him? Are you making plans to do that? Here's what I would suggest. When Jesus, uh, in the Great Commission, told the disciples that, he had all the, all the power and all the authority had been given to him, which means that he had the power and authority to give that over to them. He told them, therefore, go. So, if you've been in a comfortable place for a long time, not really spreading the word of God. Now it's time to go. If you have to travel somewhere in order to ensure that people are getting the word of God in their lives, start making plans, stop waiting, go. If you think it's going to be challenging and you think it's going to be tiring, I need you to put that in the back of your mind and just go. Go share the truth about our Lord and Savior. Because when Jesus looked down on us, he didn't say, well, I think this can wait till tomorrow. He came into the world and rescued us, saved us. Now he's asking you and I to start making sacrifice and share the truth we know about him with others. I mentioned earlier that I did this uh, devotion for the staff and um, if it's true what they say about things get better with age, 
well, all those staff that are in attendance, I hope this devotion was at least two weeks better than the devotion I gave last time. And thank you for listening to me two times. Some of them got together and one uh, staff member shared something with me that I would like to share with you all. And it showed me that Jesus, he talked about it. He showed us how, and he's still working with us to help us. It was, and I'm just going to summarize some of the parts, but it was entitled, The Brave Friendship of God by Oswald Chambers. We tend to say that because a person has natural ability, he will make a good Christian. It is not a matter of our equipment, but a matter of our poverty. Not of what we bring with us, but of what God puts into us. Not a matter of natural virtues, of strength of character, of knowledge, or of experience. All of that is of no avail in this concern. God's friendship is with people who know their poverty, who take the time to examine themselves. As Christians, we are not for our own purpose at all. We are here for the purpose of God, and the two are not the same. We must never allow anything to damage our relationship with God. The most important aspect of Christianity is not the work we do, but the relationship we maintain and the surrounding influence and qualities produced by that relationship. That is all God asks to give our attention to and is the one thing that is continually under attack. Let us close with a prayer. Father God, we ask that you give us strength to be your disciples. Give us the patience to examine ourselves and take up our cross and follow you. Help us when this road gets long and tiresome. Continue to build us up to share your truths and show your spirit. Instill in us a self-discipline so that we may be responsible servant leaders amongst our brothers and sisters. Give us knowledge and wisdom and the words to be kind and loving for those who stand in our way of sharing your word. Give us strength and confidence so that we may be bold when sharing the truth about our Lord and Savior. We ask all these things in his holy name. Amen. This message was a production of St. Marcus Lutheran Church. For similar content, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or our YouTube channel. For more information about how to support our urban gospel ministry in Milwaukee, please visit stmarcus.org.